This is Conversations with Corliss, the podcast that features real and inspiring people who are leading their lives with purpose, passion, and confidence. Through their stories, advice, and expertise, you will be empowered with tools and insights to become the leader you are meant to be. Your host, Corliss, is a Dare to Lead trained, certified success principles coach, best-selling author, and inspirational speaker. As an entrepreneur for more than two decades, she has coached, trained, and mentored thousands to tap into their personal power and realize their potential. Through her company, Corliss Co., she will help you dream again and break through what holds you back from leading the life you want to have. Connect with her today at corliss.ca. Hi, everyone. This is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it. My name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. With my kids more independent and my career not as fulfilling as it once was, I found myself wondering if this was it and what was next for me. I went looking for answers to recreate my life and I found them in having meaningful conversations with inspiring people. That's what we'll do here for you. Whatever you're looking for, I'm glad you're here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This is episode 054, Find Freedom Through Vulnerability with Tracy Kowalchuk. Oh, how scary it is to be vulnerable enough to own your truth. But as Brene Brown says, when you shut down vulnerability, you shut down opportunity. When you find the courage to be vulnerable and you share who you authentically are with others, you create an opportunity to deepen your relationships, help others, grow in confidence, and free yourself from shame or guilt. Who you are matters. Your story matters, and when you have the courage to step into vulnerability, you will quite literally find freedom. I am really excited to share this conversation with you today. Tracy Kowalchuk is a professional certified coach and an inspirational speaker and leader with a long list of credentials and certifications. She founded her company, TK and Associates Coaching Inc., where she works with leaders and their teams who are eager to create a shift in thinking and being. Tracy uses her talents to support clients through team development and one-to-one -one coaching to generate important insights, clarity, and focus while making decisions to improve performance. Within this conversation, you will learn more about her story and become inspired to find freedom through vulnerability. Welcome to the show, Tracy. I'm really, really excited that you're here, especially since this topic is something I'm so passionate about. Thank you for giving us your time and energy today. Hi, Corliss. Thanks for having me. Are you looking forward to this? I, I can't wait to hear your story. And I think we should actually start here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and why you're so passionate about being vulnerable, having courage, owning your story and sharing it? Thanks. I'd love to. So currently I'm a leadership coach and I develop people. And to give you kind of a little uh, story about how I came to this is um you know, when I grew up, I grew up on a farm and I was like the way youngest in my family. My parents um, had a farming business 
And when I was eight years old, uh, my sister's children uh, were in a car accident where, with my dad. And those two children passed away. So it was a very, you know, trying time in our family. And my dad was not well. He was very depressed and he lived, he survived. Um, but we had to take care of him. And, and in that Corliss, during that time in the 80s, women were still like, you know, it was very patriarchal. And especially in the farming business, it's kind of a patriarchal kind of a um, uh, profession industry. But my mom had to step step up. So I grew up seeing my mother have salespeople come to the farm and she was buying combines and buying tractors and planting crops and working with investments, which is something she hadn't done before. She was a teacher in her past life, but suddenly she became the leader um, because she had to be. And I watched that. And what I noticed about when she did this is that she still remained the same. She was very, she had her circle of girlfriends where they shared their stories over coffee and, you know, um, they shared help, they helped each other and, and they were very vulnerable. She had her faith too. And she, excelled and I grew up in this like a very powerful woman as as someone that you know I looked up to so that was really powerful for me and then as I got older and I went to college and got my university degree I kind of switched I had that empowerment but I saw around me a very male dominated business culture so I emulated that I got the dark suits I was tall and I kept my personal life separate and I kept my business life separate. They didn't cross over ever. And I became really tough, really tough. And then what I did, what I learned from that is it really served me in the business realm at that time because it was a, it was a man's world. So I succeeded, but there was something missing. I wasn't being genuinely myself. Fast forward 2008, my dad got really sick and I went to help my mom take care of him. And for four months I lived with them and it was just, it was a beautiful, I call it the beautiful and gnarly time because it was awful. And if you've ever taken care of someone who is dying of cancer, there's, there's so many vulnerable pieces, but it was a beautiful time because my dad and I were very close with each other and we had really deep conversations and it was just really beautiful. So we lost my dad and that was hard. It was very hard on me. The following year, my husband and I became pregnant and we were so excited. We had been trying to uh, have a baby and halfway through our pregnancy, we found out that our son wouldn't live. He had something wrong with his kidneys and that he wouldn't live. Um, it was soon enough that we were given the opportunity to ask if we to asked us if we wanted to terminate the pregnancy. And we first of all asked if our son was in any pain and the doctor said no. And we said, well, then we'll just decide to let him come and leave when he wanted to. So another gnarly and beautiful time. It was my first time having a baby and knowing that once he was born that he would not be with us. So really broken open time, just like, really broken open and actually after that I didn't really even want to live you know he was born and it was beautiful and also hard when he passed away and and I just didn't want to live anymore and then 
from that point, I became so desperate. I just needed something to do. So I took, signed up to do my master's degree in San Francisco at the coaching college that I went to and the leadership program there. And it was the most life-changing thing because I came in there tough, had my big dark Jackie O glasses on and was trying to hide my eyes and not be seen because I thought if anybody could see what was happening just below the surface that I would fall apart and fall apart I did. It was the most intense experience of my life. Uh, there was so many amazing people from all over the world in this program, 23 of us. And they called me on my stuff. They broke me open, they held me, they let me cry. And they let me know that my vulnerability is power that I didn't have to hide it anymore. And that was just like the most amazing time of my life. Wow. You have been through a lot. And first of all, I'd like to really acknowledge that. And I think all of the listeners are just having a new appreciation for who you are already. And I think a lot of us can really relate to that, that there's just so many different trying experiences in our lives. And sometimes just to protect ourselves, we put on the the dark suit, the big glasses, and we withdraw or we don't want to burden people and we just act all tough and keep pushing through. And is that why, why is this, I guess, let's come back to why it was such a powerful experience for you to let it all out. Because I really didn't know, like the, for, for me to actually just say this, I can't, it's hard for me to even hear myself say it, is that I didn't want to live anymore. And I was a person that just grabbed life, you know, by the, by the horns and just went with it. I loved life and I was doing all the things that I wanted to, but to actually get to that point where I went into such a deep depression and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I would have never thought, you know, my previous way of thinking would have been like, well, just toughen up, pull up your socks and get on and do it again. But who would have known that breaking for breaking open further would be the path to living. Hmm. Amazing. So how, so first of all, you found a community that you felt safe in. I, that's what I certainly am hearing. Yes. And then once you found that you started sharing and did it happen easily? No, um, that's funny that you said that. Cause I was just speaking the other day and someone said, Oh, it just happened. Just like all of a sudden you switched and it, and it happened. And I said, no, the cracking open like a walnut. And that's how I envision it. It says the crack, the breaking open happened immediately. Um, but then being able to continually go to that place and continue to incorporate that vulnerability in all parts of my life. You know, I've had two children since then and, you know, uh, building my business and having relationships with other people. It's just the continuing going, continuing to practice going back to that vulnerable part. So the cracking open happened quickly. There's still a practice in being vulnerable. And I always go back to, you know, I know you like Brene Brown as well, um, where she said people have to earn their right to hear your story. So I'm not just hanging out in the, on the corner and just telling everybody my story. So it's, it's, it's just a balance between who, who is earning the right to hear your story and earn your vulnerable truths and your genuine self who gets to see that part of you and it's getting easier and easier as I keep practicing it 
Mm, Wow. I can really relate with that because I feel like I'm a wide open book. I feel like now I've stepped so much into my vulnerability that it's like, if you want to know if I can help you, I will share. I want to bring it back to um, what you said about Brene Brown, because as as you probably know, well, I think anybody who follows me knows that I'm daredly trained. And within my training with Brene Brown, like with the corporation that I certified through or that I trained through, uh, she was telling the story about belonging. And I believe that this is actually in one of her books as well. Um, I think it was in one of Rising Strong, maybe, or... I can't remember which one, but anyway, she tells a story about trying to fit in. And you had said that you were, you know, trying to fit in, you were put on the suit jacket and you were all tough and that it served you for a period of time, but it's almost like the armor that we put on to protect ourselves. And that's how Brene talks about it. And she was sharing a story about when she was younger, she was trying to fit in and she wanted to be on this cheer team. And she tells a story about you know, going and getting, you know, all set up with her, like training and practicing and doing her dance routine over and over and over again. And then showing up to the tryouts and realizing that she didn't look the same. She didn't have the same clothes. She didn't fit in. And then she didn't make the cut. And because she didn't make the cut, her parents picked her up and it was very obvious that she was, they were disappointed in her and never said a word about it. And at that point she realized that she felt like she didn't belong anywhere and that she spent the rest of her life trying to belong somewhere and armoring up and not allowing people in until she met her husband and felt safe enough to be able to, you know, crack that walnut open, like you said. So is your story similar? Because I know that that certainly related to me. I was like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. I've been trying to fit in my whole life. And a lot of times I have a tendency to isolate myself and to withdraw just because I don't want to go there and allow my heart to be hurt again. So I just withdraw and protect myself instead. What's your story like around, around that? Similarly, um, for me though, because I was such a force and I had, I was had such a boldness and fierceness and a, and a acumen for so many things. I tried to fit in everywhere. And I did with that armor, that dark suit, that what I call the saboteur. Um, and I was able to fit into so many situations, but, and people thought, oh, she fits in. She's got a big personality and yeah, she fits in. But inside, I didn't feel like I fit in. It was like, I, I it's like, what do they say? Putting a square peg into a, a circle or something like that. You know, I just, it, it wasn't. And then, and I call it the tribes. Uh, and there's a book on that that I love called Tribes is exactly that is finding your tribes, your peeps. And, you know, you and I, Corliss, uh, met at WESC and they were one of my tribes. When I first joined WESC, uh, Women Entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan, and I started meeting people like you, it was like, oh, it really was that kind of a feeling in my heart and in my soul that, oh, I found my people. I don't need to fit in here. These are my people how I am. And since then, and, you know, reading the book tribes, I've really like being vulnerable. And then it reminds me of that quote again, earning your, the right to hear your vulnerability. When you find your tribes and you find those people where you feel like you can fit in and you feel safe, just like my leadership group that I talked about, um, then it becomes a little easier. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
Do you want to be happier, more content, fulfilled, and excited about your life again? Of course you do. Do you want to get out of a rut, have more energy, become inspired, and get around people who are filled with optimism and hope? Of course you do. And you know what? You can do anything for 12 days. And today I am beyond excited to announce that the new you personal growth challenge has launched and is ready for you to join. Let's face it, our world has changed. And although you don't control everything that happens around you, you do control what you do. Don't let the next year be a repeat of the last. Decide to make this your best year yet and do something that will start you on that path. In these 12 days, you will learn how to lead your life again, and I'm so happy to be your guide through that process. This is an easy challenge to complete, is delivered to your inbox daily, and is 100% guided to help you focus on the one thing that you do control, and of course, that's you. Why should you join? because it will help you improve your life, be happier and more fulfilled. I know that's a bold promise, but I can make it because I've seen hundreds of women literally transform their lives in the past challenges, and this one will be no different. It's your turn now. Head to corliss.ca to register. Do this for you. You deserve it. So let's talk about leadership. I mean, it's going to be one of my closing questions, but here at Corliss Co., what we do a lot is we're really, I really feel like we're redefining leadership, that leadership is no longer just titles or roles or bosses. It is really every single one of us is leading people because leadership is really about influence. And we have to start seeing ourselves as as someone who can inspire and influence. I use the example often about my kids and, you know, how much my parents influenced me. And when I ask a room full of people, did your parents influence you? And of course, their hands go up. Of course they did. And now we have to see ourselves that we're the ones that are actually influencing, you know, everyone in our homes and our communities and our workplaces Talk with us about, you know, your perspective on on leadership and how it ties to sharing your story and being vulnerable. Well, I've had so many leaders in my life. Um, And, you know, I'm going to rephrase it. I've had so many leaders and bosses in my life. And the way I distinguish the two of them is leaders are guides. And I see myself that way as a coach is guiding to you where you already know you are. You're creative, resourceful, and whole. And I need to just guide you through how to get where you need to go. And I've had lots of bosses too. And I I distinguish that as a, you know, someone who's managing people and telling people what to do. And so when I look at how I see leadership and the leader that I want to be, and as you said, in, in our family, I'm the CEO of our family, as well as our businesses. And out there in the community, when I'm volunteering, I want to be the, the leader that guides people. Of course, we all have expertise in it. You know, we would be, um, you know, holding things back if we didn't offer our expertise as well. Um, But really guiding people and to guide people and to build that trust. And I think Corliss, this is the basis for what I do is having vulnerability based trust and not, not, predictive trust like oh I know Corliss she's like this I know her if if we do this she's going to do that that's predictive trust but knowing if I went to Corliss and I said to her you know what I messed up on this project or I really you know didn't have your back in this situation I know that and I trust that she's going to receive that in 
um, a way that's loving and caring and let me be who I am. That vulnerability, vul geez, I can't talk today. Vulnerable based trust is so important for all interactions, all organizations and all relationships in my opinion. Agreed. That's, that's incredible. And that, that you can take with you everywhere you go. So it's kind of like choosing who you want to be and then going out and being that person every day. Yeah. And discovering who it is that you already are. Mm, yeah. Good point. So do you have, um, maybe, um, an insight into like, if somebody is sitting here going, I really have so much to share. I have so much to offer, but I don't even know where to begin, you know, to start doing that. What would you say to that person? Well, you know, depending on what they want to accomplish, I think, you know, I'm, I would always start with trust, you know, be a trustworthy person, seek out relationships where you can build trust, what, you know, and this is what I do in my business. Is I ask people and teams in order to make them more cohesive and make them um, more results oriented is like, where does it begin? Trust. If you can trust that you can, um, you know, be buck naked out there in, in how you operate um, in your, in your relationships, whether it be work or outside of work, um, trust is the basis. And then from there, you can then have productive conflict because think about it like in, you know, for me and my husband, you know, we have a really trustworthy relationship. And so what that does is we can still have health, healthful conflict when we disagree on what to do with the kids, maybe, you know, financial decisions or where we want to spend Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, we can have a healthy banter and know that it's a safe place because we have the foundation of trust. So trust, healthy conflict. And then that, that um, elicits commitment and commitment is another one where you go, okay, if I know that my husband and I, we have a trust, we have a conflict, but we have influence over each other, as you mentioned, and so then regardless of what the decision is made after that, after we've had our um, conflict, I'm going to commit to whatever we decide. And then that fosters the accountability piece then too, because then you're like, okay, well, you said that you were going to do this and you didn't. So I'm holding you accountable. And the results, which is the end game, are just like over the top. So trust, conflict, commitment, accountability, and results. Mm, I like it. Okay, so let's, so does that apply to every aspect of your life? Like, how does someone step into their power to say, you know, I've got this story to tell. And like, I like what you're saying about trust, commitment, accountability results. Like, I like everything about that. But pull us back to like, say the social media world, say somebody has a story that they feel like if they share this story and what they learned, that it could help somebody else. How do they find the courage to step into that space if they're scared? Carlos, I'm going to go back to the trust. You have to trust yourself first. Mm. Trust that your knowledge of your experiences, and no one else is an expert on that except for you, is to trust that that has to come out. And once you can trust yourself and have the confidence to do that, then whether it's social media to tell your story or, you know, tell a relative that you've been having a conflict with for decades or whatever it is, wherever you need to have your voice heard will come out authentic and genuine. 
So trust is for me, the foundation of everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And listening to that voice inside for sure. So you had said something a little bit earlier about, you know, find out who you are and kind of step into that. Like, what are the, some of the things, so owning your story and trusting that for sure. And, and the steps that you've already given us, is there anything else that you would, you know, want to add to as far as the people who are just like, where do I, where do I find my confidence? Like, what do I do? What are the steps I can take to become confident here? Well, I'm not a confidence expert, but I always feel like you need to have your community around. You know, like I said earlier about your tribe, seek out those people. And Corliss, you and I are very similar in that. And we, in our um, time just before the recording start, you asked me something. And it's like when you are not sure and you don't know, ask questions. Find mm-hmm. the right people, ask the right questions. And surround yourself with those tribes that are going to support you. And you know this more than anyone is that when you make the decision, all of a sudden those people, don't they just show up out of the woodwork? Suddenly your energy is different and those people are coming out to help you and support you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. And when you said about the trusting part, like even trust yourself that if you're like, that person is interesting, don't, don't withdraw, don't go into the background you'll find confidence when you just step into it, go up to that person, contact that person and say, Hey, I've been admiring you. And I'm wondering if I have an opportunity to ask you a question. You never know how, like what I found overall, maybe you found the same thing that you can find your tribe by opening up to be vulnerable, to say what you're thinking. If you think another woman is amazing, tell her she's amazing and tell her you'd love to learn from her. And you might be surprised by the result. Well, that's how you and I met. You came up to me in all your vulnerability and said, hey, you look like someone I want to talk with further. (laughs) Yeah, and here we are today. (laughs) Mutual, exactly. Yeah, that's funny. I I have this uh, common thing, I think. It seems to be coming up over and over again, but I'm quite an impulsive, spontaneous person, and I listen to my, my heart, and I've learned to really trust myself. And several years ago, I write about this in my book. Uh, I don't know if you know who Gordie Howe is. Do you know who Gordie Howe is? Yes. Okay. Well, anyone from Saskatchewan probably knows who Gordie Howe is. So anyway, I was on the beaches in Waska Sioux at the end of the day, and it was such a beautiful day, and I didn't want it to end. And we were on the beach, my boyfriend and our three littlest kids, and we're just hanging on the beach at like 530 in the afternoon. The beach was completely clear, and all of a sudden we see somebody in the water, two people in the water and three, actually, there was a a young boy, an older man, and then another gentleman. And, and Shane, my boyfriend said to me, I think that's Gordie Howe. And I was like, well, go out there and ask. And he's like, oh no, no, I can't do that. And I was like, well, I sure the heck can. (laughs) So I bounded out into the water and I'm like, Hey, are you Gordie Howe? And sure enough, it was Gordie, but we had this incredible conversation and we spent all this time on the beach together and he showed our kids how to react after a goal and how to get away with the penalty so the ref doesn't see. And at one point I even said to him, is that your Stanley Cup ring? And he said, well, you know, no, people don't, uh, they didn't have Stan- like Stanley Cup rings in my day, but they made this ring for me to commemorate my four Stanley Cups. So I said, oh my goodness, it's beautiful. It was huge. And he said, well, here, put it on you. And he put it on my finger <laughs> And I'm standing there in the water with this hockey legend with this ring on my finger. 
So fast forward a couple of years, Gordy had passed away and his son, Murray, who I'd met that day as well, was coming back to Waska Sioux to do a book reading. And at that time, simultaneously, I was writing my book. So this was happening like, you know, at the same time, but neither one of us knew it. I hadn't kept in touch with Marie or anything. And I go to the book reading and he starts reading a passage from the book. And can you believe it was the story of him meeting us on the beach that day? And what was wild about that is that at the same time, I had written the same story in different words, obviously, in my book. It all happened at the same time and neither one of us knew it. And it was all because I just had the courage to go up and say, hey, (laughs) hey, (laughs) are you so-and-so? And And I'd love to get to know you. And it started a whole conversation. So I wanted to share that here because sometimes you just don't know where things are going to lead. And after I met I met uh, Marie at that book launch. I, I went up to him and I said, you know, it's good to see you again. He's like, of course, he didn't recognize me. I wasn't in a swimsuit and sunglasses. And and uh, we reconnected. He ended up coming to Saskatchewan to speak at my conference. And we have just become the dearest of friends ever since. So I share that today, hoping to inspire you all that if you're thinking about someone that you admire and you know, you're wondering, like, if you're kind of withdrawing and just putting yourself in the background, don't be vulnerable enough and trust yourself enough to just open up and have the conversation and see where it goes. Oh, Corliss, that is such a great story. I love that. And, you know, the other thing that I would like to include in here as well is that, you know, you and I have a certain kind of personality and we learned that right when I met you and I was doing assessments. And this is why I always encourage people to do like a self-assessment to be aware of yourself. And that could be even like journaling or taking the assessments that we do, but also just to get an awareness of who you are, because maybe you're not the jump off on the beach and go ask someone person, but maybe, you know, you're a little quieter and you have a different thing. Just know who you are and then do that on purpose. Mm, Such a great point. Yeah, that's for sure. I think sometimes I forget that. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Not everybody is the same personality. So if someone is a little more, because of course you specialize in in personality assessment. So someone who is maybe, well, actually, you know what, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the different personality types and how someone, you know, has a, that has a different personality type than you or I, how they can become comfortable to, to own their truth and share their story. Well, I won't get into all the assessments that I do right now, Corliss, and, and, you know, there is so many different types, but we, you know, people talk about introverts and extroverts, and that's a good example is mm-hmm. that, you know, introverts, um, you know, they have a different way of operating, they might have just gone up and emailed um, whoever they thought, or instead of like, you know, they email or they do things a little quieter. And then there's, you know, extroverts, where we just jump up and do the things that we do. So, you know, it's, it's a little I don't want to simplify it, but just knowing who you are. And if you're curious about that, you know, do some journaling, look at, you know, the different personality types, Google it. And, you know, even if you do some, uh, you know, just reading on your own and notice how you are in the world, show up, be aware of how you show up in the world and feel comfortable. in however that is push yourself not to be someone different, but push yourself so that you can be the best you that you can be. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. And thank you for kind of simplifying that, not oversimplifying it, but it's true because the more that we learn about ourselves, the more that we can kind of step into to that and just owning that and, and actually enjoying it and loving ourselves for who we are and as we become who we want to be. Anything else to add on the topic? I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot. 
So do I. So I do have three closing questions. Um, but before I ask those, where can people reach you should they want to do that? Uh, right now, I'm just in the middle of rebranding. So you'll get a notice in your social media in January. But for right now, I'm at Tracy at tk-associates.ca. Okay, good stuff. And I'll also include that in the show notes. So the final three closing questions. The first one is, what does leadership mean to you? And I think you've kind of touched on that, but just give us the synopsis. Oh, yeah. So what does leadership mean to me? Leadership to me means stepping into your passion and power and being vulnerable. Beautiful. And if there was a book that was a game changer for you, like something, I'm sure you've read read many books and you're highly educated, obviously, but if there was one that was really big for you, that kind of was uh, pivotal in your own journey, which one would it be you'd want to recommend? Well, I am a voracious reader, so I have like tons, but I think one that really, and you and I spoke about this when we first met is the success principles by, um, um, Jack Canfield. (laughs) Jack Canfield. Thank you. That was a game changer for me. It's a big, thick book. And even my young boys who are seven and nine read this book, uh, if you can believe it. So that's one that I would like. Also, Anatomy of Peace. It's about uh, not putting people in the box and not putting yourself in the box. So that's those are two that I would recommend. Mm, Awesome. Uh, We are so aligned in so many ways because I'm such a fan of the success principles that that's actually where I certified through my coaching through was through Jack. (laughs) Nice. He's a great, I love his program. I do. I coached with, with them under that banner for a while too. I have great respect for that, that book and how they, they train their coaches. Excellent. Thanks. Now the very final, final closing question based on all of the highs and all of the lows and everything you've experienced in your lifetime. If you could leave just one piece of advice, what would it be and why? Oh my, that's so pressured. Just one piece of advice. I'd like to at least have 10, like the 10 commandments. (laughs) You know what? Right now what's resonating with me these days is just to have fun and the rest will follow. Hmm. That's really what it's all about is have a, have a good time. That's what life should be, right? Great, great closing thought. Thank you again for being here, Tracy. Thanks, Corliss. Take care, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.